Um, Wait, what are we doing yeah. Monday? Are we doing? Are we doing? Uh, are we doing the aforementioned point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, yeah, you said yeah, you're yeah, being no, secret. I, I thought you're being secretive about it. I'm like, wait, we just said it. No, no. I just was like, are we being secretive about it? the garage i'm cory cope i'm freddie Watt. today we got a kickstart monday for you for april 13th man monday 13th. the 13th monday the 13th after easter <laughs> it's monday <laughs> it's monday it's, the 13th it's really it's really friday the 10th today yeah right but who's counting i had to like think about what day it was every day is the same uh, with this big gaps in I don't know if I've said this in the show before, but right now I'm working a couple of days a week at Fox. The other five days I'm being paid to stay home, and which is fine. But because it's such a long gap, it's like it's like coming back from vacation. You don't remember what day of the week it is. And we've been doing it for a month now, so it feels really off-putting. Yeah, man. It's weird because I woke up this morning and I wasn't sure what day of the week it was or what the date was. Uh, I was like, I didn't, I was not aware that it was Good Friday. I mean, I did know a couple of days ago, but I was like, this morning I just woke up. It's like, I feel like Bill Murray, Groundhog Day time. Every day is the same. Every day is the same. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's fucking wacky, but oh well. Anyway. Hey. We've been actually kind of on recording frenzy though. Well, for us anyway. For us. Yeah, man. We're fucking tearing it up. So, but we've making it for lost time, making it for lost time. And we're trying to get ahead of everything. And quite honestly, we've got the time to do it. And using this new service that we've been using has really made a big difference in how quickly we're able to communicate. And honestly, if we didn't have the service, it'd be such a more difficult time doing the movie episodes that we've done the last two, uh, last two sessions. Oh, last three sessions. Oh, no. Yeah. We actually, we just did, we just did the first, the two on, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. right. Just the last two. If anybody is out there as having a difficult time gear wise, tech wise, trying to get something together for, for, uh, some remote podcasting, try it cleanfeed.net. It's, it's free. And if you want to pay for it, you can actually download individual tracks of everybody. But check it out, cleanfeed.net. I'm not getting paid. We're not getting paid for anything. It's just, it has great functionality and makes a massive difference. But here's just heed one piece of advice. Tell your caller and the people you're sending your invites to, to to just dial in. They're not really dialing in. You send them a link and they click on it and they pop in the, into Chrome and, you know, Bob's your uncle and you record. Have them wear headphones and either earbuds or closed back headphones. Otherwise, it, the speaker on their laptop is going to reverberate into their internal mic, or if they have an external mic plugged in, it's just going to be a big hassle. And uh, I can say that somebody I helped set up on that had some difficulties with the remote interview. Uh, yeah, man, it's funny. I put a Band-Aid over my external mic uh, in my, in my, on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a smiley Band-Aid face on it now. I, I, it's funny. I, I'm a big believer in like covering it up all the time. You know, I only of that in the camera. Totally. Right. I only un- uncover it. Like if I'm FaceTiming Joey while I'm at home, uh, or yeah. 
I mean, I don't need anybody else. And here's the thing: people think that just because the green light comes on, that means it's on, dude. The, you don't it's think it's always the, on. You don't think that you don't think the guys get like that they can tap into your camera, and can't turn, to make sure that the light stays off. Right. That's why I flip them off. All. That's why I flip it off. If if it's not covered, then I just hold my finger at it the entire time. Yeah. Usually and, when I'm on. Right. Have you ever, it makes typing difficult? Have you ever seen gotten those emails before? You get emails from these guys trying to extort money from you because you've been oh, watching we, we porn. We see you masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> those no, I have not gotten. But I, dude, this cat I worked with, he came in, dude, and he brought his computer and he had all these emails and he was terrified. And I was like, <laughs> you know, that's all fucking bogus, dude. Right. I almost, I almost said his name. You know, that's all bogus. And yeah. he's like, well, I don't, you know, I go, what were you looking at? Are you worried about it? Right. I go, are you, are you, I was like, he's like, no, no, but you know, this is unsettling. And I'm like, eh, that's the point. Delete it. Delete it. They don't they delete it. Block them. I tell people if, if you come across that, it's, it's the equivalent of the Nigeria Prince begging for money. It's the same. Thing. Right. And the, the giveaway for me when I first got it up like a year and a half ago, two years ago, it was a, a screen name from a hockey website that I used to go to years ago. I'm like, oh, clearly something got hacked. They're using my screen name. and keep referring to it as if it's my actual name. I kept saying, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, right, exactly. Dear Raven Shattuck. <laughs> um, okay, you morons. Morons. Um, so uh, if you guys have been listening, we are uh, in the throes of 1990s action movies. Uh, and we decided we were going to pick a movie for each of those stars from that era. And so far, we, our list has been pretty, it's pretty dense. And we're, we're straying a bit outside of it. I think we're, I think uh, one of the entries is uh, is 80s. Not one of them. I know it is. But. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, at that point, he was already moving on to television. He was already, yeah. He was Walker, Texas Ranger at that point. Yeah. And we're talking about Chuck Norris, obviously. Oh, sorry. I blew it. That's all right. So we, but the, our toss-up has been like, do we do Code of Silence? Do we do Lone Wolf McQuaid? And like, but since we're trying to stick to <laughs> just doing as much as we can off of stars, Lone Wolf McQuaid is what we're gonna do. If I, if I've seen it since uh, I was in my teens, I'd be surprised. I don't think I have. Uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I have seen it because I bought the, I bought that Blu-ray box set <laughs> that has uh, Code of Silence, Lone Wolf McQuaid. Missing in Action 1 and Delta Force 1. I bought that and I've watched all of them almost as soon as I got them because I hadn't seen them forever. And I'd never seen them that cleaned up. And it's weird seeing them that cleaned up because I had only ever seen Lowell McQuaid on VHS. Uh, and one time in the movies when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, I've seen it a bunch. Dude, there's a bunch of people in it. I think it's going to be a good episode. Yeah, I, think I think we're going to so have too. fun. Yeah. It's like Code of Silence. I always remember it being that HBO video release. It's like one of those first ones they ever put out. And it was that white case, that super thick. The hard case. The hard case. Square. Yeah. 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 You always knew like it was like it was that or an EMI release. You always knew. Thor EMI. Thor EMI. You can see it on the shelf and you're like, oh, I can tell what that is. I can tell what that is. People didn't grow up with VHS in their life back at the, you know, at the, at the infancy of, of mom, pa rentals. I mean, obviously long before Blockbuster. I mean, in Simi, where I grew up, one of, oh, the, yeah. one of the first video stores that ever opened up rented a VHS players, but almost every single movie he had was a bootleg of Star Wars, of Jaws, because they they just didn't make those. those are, the VHS versions of these things don't exist. That's how far back my rental history goes. But when the mom pa started breaking out, it was like you can look up on a up on a shelf and go, 
to the clamshells and say, that is that company, that's that studio, that's that studio, you could tell right away. And we talked briefly about that with my science project. Yep. But I always loved, it's like, again, I don't think we've talked about this this part before, but the Columbia TriStar packages, they always had that side loader where you had to f- open the flap. And, yep. And because for the wall at the at the video store, we put those that piece of foam in there. Yeah, and, styrofoam. We had, but you could just, you, they would ship them. You had to order them. They were like supplies. Yeah, and what's great that is and all the shrink wrap you could fucking ever want. The best is that once you put that foam in there, once you remove the tape on the Columbia TriStar boxes, and you put the foam in there, put the flap back together, you could push. If there's air in there, you could push it, and it would make a farting sound. I actually talked to Topher Hansen because Topher Hansen has a podcast called VHS Bandits and those guys like collect that kind of stuff and there's no way he doesn't know what I'm talking about. Topher, VHS farting sounds. Yeah. He's somebody that, that this service that we're using, Clean Fee, is going to allow us to take calls in from him. And Good Lord. Uh, but anyway, so, that we're, so we're super excited about this whole 90s thing and, and we got a new one coming up on a Monday that we're recording, but we've already got, we've already banked two and I know I said this in the For last. Us, that's a lot. That's I, like a ton. <laughs> the, 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 the thing, Too deep. Right. And uh, Silver Bullet. And Silver Bullet. <laughs> Just throw that out there. What's funny is that I think the closest we ever came to pocketing a whole bunch was just before you went back to Dallas. Yeah, we probably, we had, uh, we had done all the Halloween ones and we had done a bunch, we had done like three, I think we had like had three in the bank. Yeah, we were. And then we. And then we, we lost it. We lost a week. <laughs> we did. Like, I think when, then we lost and then we had to do nice guys. It's because it, it's because it got broken up so much. So right. I was gone for like a week in November and then, right. then back in the holiday and then all that nonsense. It's going to be weird when you finally get back together and we're in the same room. Honestly, it's very bizarre at this point because we're good. We'll have, we'll have done this for months before we probably sit in the same room together again. Yeah, man. We're like Kevin and Bean. <laughs> well, that Kevin and Bean ain't doing shit anymore. <laughs> We're like Mark and Brian. Are they still on? Who? <laughs> Mark yeah, and dude, Brian. Yeah, speaking of Kevin Bean, dude, I was super sad about that. I don't even know what happened. Oh, dude, the morning show got, the morning show got canceled like oh. three weeks ago. Like seriously, a week in the whole lockdown, <laughs> they got canceled. Oh, geez. Yeah. I, I haven't God, it's weird. I haven't listened to Kevin and Bean probably since like two thousand five. It's it's changed a lot over the years, obviously, and 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 the company has changed hands as far as who owns K Rock and everything. But for the longest time, I used to think they were just doing a bit about Kevin, Kevin being in Seattle. Yeah, Kevin being in Seattle, and I really I didn't because at the time I wasn't aware of ISDN lines and and how that all works. Obviously, I'm well versed in it now. But even though it was it should have been in my wheelhouse, I was mostly dealing with post production. I didn't really understand the broadcast side of things, but. For now, it's just kind of like, yeah, but what we're doing right now with Clean Feed, God, it really sounds like a fucking commercial now. Jesus Christ, are you sure you're not getting paid? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm getting my $22 a month membership for free. Clean Feed. Kidding. Welcome to Clean Feed, sponsored. Welcome uh, to. Jeez. We are sponsored by Clean Feed. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, voiceover artists that are using this service now because they're able to talk directly to the producer. And so, if they need to make any change or any inflections on the copy that they're reading, they can communicate. And dude, this is it works really really well. And ISDN lines are not cheap. Now the lines are not cheap, and the hardware is not cheap. So this is nice. This, I mean, you could do this for free, man, as long as you have a decent mic and an I.O. device on your end. And free is good. 
for free especially, especially in these times <laughs> seriously fortunately it's just it's bringing up more shitty podcasts but you know what's funny man is uh off the subject is back to stars and prime i just didn't know if had you noticed there are a lot of Kino Lorber titles yes. <laughs> on Prime and uh, Stars right now. Right. We covered, oh, I'm just going to say it, who cares? I mean, it's already in the bank. We watched Mark for Death, and we covered Mark for Death yesterday, and it'll be out in a couple of weeks. But I was super disappointed in, in the fact that dude, this movie was shot 235. I mean, what's wrong with encoding it properly? I don't understand. The whole thing about Stars is supposed to be the Movie Letters channel, right? And they have so many titles. That's what what drew us both to go yeah we could just stay on stars for the next three months and probably what we're going to be pretty close well we have to stray a bit because point of no return i don't i don't have that on blu-ray dude i don't either i had to um i had to buy it from amazon i'm going to do the same thing yeah i well i think because i don't i don't know that i ever owned it on blu-ray i think i had it on um just regular dvd but i feel like it was one of those shitty (laughs) yes um you had to flip it over. The, oh, was it? Yeah, widescreen on one side. Yeah, it was an early DVD. Yeah, because I, unlike most of the world, probably you, I don't hate that movie the way that um, you know most people hate it. I don't. Who hates it? I don't know. I remember when it came out. Like, uh, well, you know, it's people who wax poetic about how some uh, Luke Besson is, and I'm not one of those guys. Uh, so, look, okay. I don't want to. I won't say Luke Besson's awesome. I I enjoy the shit out of the Nikita. I love yeah. the I love the professional, and that's it. Uh, I'm gonna go with I love the shit out of Point of No Return. I mean, I'm gonna go. I love the shit out of uh, of La Femme Nikita. I'm gonna leave it there. I like Subway. Dude, yeah, I've never seen. I never even bother with Subway. But yeah, dude, there is a massive boner people have for the Fifth Element. I just don't get it. Nope, hate it. Can't stand it. Like my Don't buddy, want to talk about it. My buddy Paul loves it, loves it. And I'm not going to shit on him for liking it. I, it's but, fucking terrible. But one day I said, "What is it, dude? I don't get it." And if it's, it's terrible beca- because, it was, because if it's because of Mila, then like, all right, then I got Resident Evil for you. I know you don't care about those movies, but but here's the thing: what Resident Evil does is a hell of a lot better what it's trying to do than what Fifth Element is. Because I have no idea what's going on there. Nobody does. It's, it's it's stupid. It's a terrible movie. I remember like walking out of it in the theater and never seeing it again. And, and <laughs> people keep trying. Oh, it's been so good. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> what I just dis- I dislike it you, uh, a you lot. Know, someone made a comment once to me when I was shitting on it because he's oh she's, you don't like Chris Tucker and I'm like what does that oh, have he to, sucks in it. What has what, that has nothing to do with it. It does. It's just who cares. Luc Besson is the king of making a movie. He, he's a he's the French equivalent of J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I guess that's about that's that's pretty accurate. He can get a movie from A to Z, but it won't be good. <laughs> no, man. I mean, he's got more bad movies than good movies. I mean, look, La Femme Nikita is great, but I, I you know I'm not a fan of The Professional. Uh, it's it doesn't do it for me. And that other one, the I try not to even remember the name. It's bad. Thought I liked the Big Blue at one point, but I don't know that I want to try and watch it ever again. Yeah, I remember seeing it when it first came out. It was it was considered an art house movie, so it wasn't really shown in a lot of theaters, at least ones that I had access to that back then. And uh, you know, a movie like that, Big Blue, it, it it really revels in the cinematography. And what are you gonna get on a VHS four by three when you're a kid? You're like I don't. Plus, you're your kid when that movie came out. What does it do? Again, it's not made for us; it's made for adults. And yeah, 
I don't think I've seen Big Blue in my adulthood. I have not seen it since I want to say the early, early 90s. Like, you know, did it come out in 89 or 88? I haven't seen it since the dawn of, you know, <laughs> 88. Maybe I saw it on cable. I think I saw it on HBO or Cinemax or somewhere. Yeah, long ago. Yeah. And I feel like I only saw it because it had Roseanne Arquette in it. Uh, it did a whole, I mean, it really kicked ass, dude. It did a whole uh, $3 million. Yeah. I mean, I don't, but I don't know that it cost much more than that to make well, it. According to, to Wikipedia, uh, it cost six, uh, 80 million francs, and which is equivalent at the time anyway, to $13.5 million. Huh. Well, there you have it. It cost $13.5 million. But it was, uh, I, I mean, I think Weintraub and Columbia, I mean, they... they by the way, Gamont is the production company. Gamont was the production company on that. That's, that name sounds familiar to some of you that pay attention to uh, Point Blank and all that stuff. Wow, you can't stream it anywhere. In fact, the only place you can see it is on Google Play or YouTube. Wow. It's not even like you can't even stream it. It's not even on Amazon. That's, That's weird. Odd. Yeah, very odd. Well, it's funny because I remember it was in the titles that we were, cause we were, we were looking for posters stuff that Gamont, um, and it was, we, you know, there were posters of it that we could, but it's funny because even though Gamont owned the rights to the post, we still had to pay, we still had to pay for the posters. So seeing how the, those titles weren't really doing anybody, lighting anybody on fire. Right. We, we use things like out of sight and, uh, uh, what else? Veracruz and things like that, as opposed to the Big Blue and the Professional, and there were, you know, but they do have some cool movies. But I mean, this—I remember looking at that poster for the Big Blue and was, you know, it just didn't fit the vibe of what we were doing. Well, what's interesting when I was doing some quick checking on um, Amazon, you come across a documentary that is available on Amazon, but it's a buy or rent kind of thing, and it's a documentary about this free diver that the, that is the subject of the big blue that I, I got a feeling that might be far more interesting than the, <laughs> than the movie, but uh, it's, yeah, it's called dolphin man. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to watch this. I'm gonna, dolphin man. It says man. you can, he says you can rent it for four ninety nine or buy it for eight ninety nine. I'm like, uh, I don't know. It, I just, it's only two years old. It only came out. Oh, wow. And it's only an hour and 19 minutes long. <laughs> it's you double it up. It's still it's still less runtime than the the feature film. You can watch it twice. <laughs> it looks interesting. Uh, let's see. Uh, but off to check it out. I, I will give you feedback the the next week. Yeah, let's know. Let, let us know what it's like. But we have some fun stuff coming up. Uh, you know, pretty much every uh, action star that was represented in the '90s is going to get covered by us. And uh, so far, so good. Man, I think we're we're, we're having fun with it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there's a certain uh, it's a it's a it's a it's it's a pool I haven't uh, jumped into, uh, you know, in some quite some time is 90s uh, action movies. But uh, there's a lot of fun ones. There's some really ridiculous stuff. Yes. <laughs> I, fa- I I almost watched Livewire with Pierce Brosnan. We. Yeah. I was like, ooh, Livewire. I feel like it's on Tubi. I went through Tubi and made a playlist of some ridiculous <laughs> shit. There's things on Tubi you won't find anywhere else, and uh, except for maybe on YouTube. I really, I was hoping to see Mark for Death was going to be on Tubi just so I can see it in, in scope. Right? 
I mean, I was that, that is the big disappointment from this that uh, version of Stars. I was like, like, man, what is what is going on here? Because all, all they seem to be doing is sharing the same encodes that have been bouncing around from platform to platform for like the last four or five years. I'm kind of it's kind of a bummer. I wish somebody would. I feel like the people that are making the decisions on on keeping things in the original aspect ratio are coming from the same assholes that made a decision about pan scans during the VHS Laserdisc days. Like you shouldn't be the ones making the decisions. You know that that Keen Peel skit for Gremlins too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a Gremlin and you get a Gremlin. Whatever, just people making up shit to put in the movie. That's what I feel like it yeah. is. It's just the people that have no creative input whatsoever. Look, the decision was made a long time ago. The movie's being shot this way. Here's the aspect ratio. Why can't you maintain the integrity of that? You you have the medium to do that. This isn't square TV days anymore. Yeah, exactly. Assholes. Nobody has a square TV. <laughs> Only for movies. Somebody does. 13 incher. Yeah. <laughs> what about your 13 incher? What? What about 13 incher? But uh, yeah, Mark for Death would be fun. Uh, you know, I, I dude, there's there's a couple that I'm so looking forward to. Actually, the one we're doing on Monday, I'm looking forward to seeing because I haven't seen it for a while. Yeah. Uh, but also, man, I'm looking forward to the Van Damage of it all uh, oh, when we man. get to that. Dude, that's enough. That's, like, if we were to choose a Bruce Willis movie, that was like between the Bruce Willis movie and the Van Damme, we were like going, damn, which one do we pick? Well, we had right. a hard, but we had a more difficult time with Van Damme than we did with Bruce Willis. Yeah, no doubt. Because I like more Van Damme movies than I like Bruce Willis movies. I think there was also a point with Bruce Willis where he was trying to... 12 Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> was about it for me. I felt like he just kept making the same movie over and over. Well, like Hostage, Mercury Rising. Yeah. I tell you the difference. Yeah, well, Hostage and Mercury, uh, Mercury Rising. It was, it's got the little kid from... Uh, Shit, the autistic it? kid, right? That's the one with the kid with the boy with autism. Yeah, yeah. I felt like Bruce was trying not to make those kinds of movies. He would make a movie that fits in the in the into the box that people want to see him in, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, I can't do this." Yeah, I, yeah, I and didn't, then, I and, and didn't then, see any of that. And then the next movie, he would try to do something different, and then he had to find himself back in that spot again, which is like what I'm saying. The kid, like, right? Oh gosh. And when he was still fighting his, well, here's the thing: he did something. And Hudson Hawk that nobody else had done or nobody wanted him to do. I mean, I think in hindsight, a lot of people didn't want him to still don't want him to have done it. But I like Hudson Hawk a lot. You know, I heard he was a big prick on the show and everything like that because he was at the height of his ego and, uh, and whatever about that. So, so he tried to step away and not do the same thing he'd been doing. You know, got Steven D'Souza, ironically, you know, guy that rewrote Die Hard. <laughs> to step in and write Hudson Hawk for him. And it's totally geared for him. And and it's a completely nutty movie. And I think it's gotten more love over the years. And I think at one point studio said, you know what, we gave you the money that you wanted to make this different movie and it failed. So, but there's a lot of other production issues with that movie. Yeah. I barely remember that movie. I remember bow, bow, sick balls or something. And really that's kind of it. Sandra Bernhard's big rubbery face. And that's kind of all I remember about that movie. Uh, I I saw it in a theater. I love the shit out of it. And I still love it. But anyway, but no, no, we got some really fun ones. And and there's going to be some names in there that you may not recognize by the name, but you're going to recognize the face and the box cover or the movie. There's some other 90s guys that came out of that era. You're going to be like, wait, who's that? And those are going to be just as fun as the ones that the bigger studio ones. Yeah, I'm totally looking forward to the Bruce Willis movie we did pick. Yes. <laughs> Uh, because Wait. I saw that in a theater and I thought it was hilarious and funny and all in one. There was so many good things in it and then so many like what the fuck things in it that uh, I'm re- looking really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Van Damme 
movie. Yeah. Looking forward to Low of McQuaid. Are we doing Low of McQuaid? Or are we doing, uh, we are doing Low of McQuaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it's okay. the one that strays outside the 90s right. window, yeah. Part of me wants, I, I, I think I might have to go rent it. I don't know if I can watch it on Stars if it's gonna if it's not gonna be what it's supposed to be. I, I don't. In fact, I'm I'm almost positive it's supposed to be scope. I can drop you the Blu-ray because I think I have two copies of it. I'm pulling it up right now because I I I need to know. Oh, need it's, to oh, it's know. on Tubi, dude. It, oh yes, it is on Tubi. I saw that on Tubi. Oh, it's only it's one. Also, it's one eight five, but still, at least it'll but it'll still be one eight five and not and right, not not stretched to fit your TV. It's so stupid. Uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid is on YouTube for free also. It's also on Voodoo, and Voodoo doesn't mess around with, with that stuff either. Voodoo is always on point with uh, with their aspect ratios. Isn't Voodoo in bed with uh, Walmart? They're owned by Walmart, I yeah. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They is. Oh, pending a sale to Universal. Apparently, they're selling to Universal. Really? Did not know that. Wow. Wow. February 21st of this year, NBC Universal reportedly close to acquiring Walmart's Voodoo video service. You know what that sounds like to me, my friend? That sounds to me like there's your Hulu alternative. Yeah. Because because uh, one there's gonna be a point where Disney's gonna cut off everybody that's got involvement in Hulu. Oh yeah. Since they have a uh, they have majority uh, stock in it now. Shiver me timbers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Pirates of the Caribbean reference. Um, <laughs> Is it though? I don't know. Is it, Is it Popeye? <laughs> Could be uh, Treasure yeah. Island. Like Popeye? No, no, not Popeye. Not like Popeye. No, no like Popeye. <laughs> it's paint. It's paint. Uh, Don't tell him your name, Alfred. It's paint. Alfred. Great. <laughs> now here we go again. Do this like Groundhog Day. That's um, okay. Hey, at least that episode's already out. Yes, totally. Out of order, but whatever. <laughs> it's out out of order, <laughs> but it's fine. But in between that, I, I, I've been finding myself uh, while I've been working on the studio, rearranging things because, you know, I have that second table in there and God knows when you're going to be in here again. So I'm like, let me give myself some more room. So I've been moving things around and I'm going to collapse the table today so I can bring up the rest of my gear and do some music while I'm here. Maybe I'll finally get around to chain, to finalizing our opening music. And by the way, no, nobody gave us a comment about the whole golden girls changing and i had changed the, the the opening song for the golden girl that just tells me nobody listened to it i mean or no one likes the golden girls or one person uh, i mean one person did another reminder everybody if you haven't seen Derek porte's uh american dreamer go watch it it's it's on it's on prime i think it's on hulu it's free the perfect kind of way of watching things for some people yeah if, if you're familiar with jim gaffigan's stand-up work he's gonna blow your mind and if you're not familiar with who Robbie Jones was, and I wasn't before we went and saw the movie, you're going to get won over in a big way by this guy. He is something else in the movie. He's really good. And they both are just play off each other so well. If you have a chance, yeah, buy the movie, man. It's not expensive because there's a great behind the scenes on it. And I think I've talked about this before. And uh, it's really good. When you find out what little time and what little money they had to make this movie, your mind's going to be blown even more. Because it does not look like they only had that twelve days. Uh, Ten I think days. They sh- I think they sh- no. I think they shot it in. I think he. Sh- I think they shot it in eighteen days. Eighteen days, but they only had like four hundred grand or something like that. It was yeah, four hundred thousand. He mm-hmm. called a lot of favors in. He reached out to to the, the film program at Old Dominion, and uh, and which they talk about a whole bunch during the behind the scenes. Which I mean, what a, what a, what an ultimate way to get your movie made. And give a bunch of kids who have no experience other than what they've done in the classroom and separate, you know, and on their own to get experience on a actual movie set with 
you know, with, with a professional movie. And I think that's amazing because usually you're stuck in a PA job and you're running coffee and getting people sandwiches and bullshit. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, I'm very excited. You, here's the other thing. If you dig Robbie Jones after you see this movie, get into Bosch because he was he was a very he's very prominent in season three, I think, of Bosch. Very, very pivotal to the storyline. Uh, and he's great. He's great in it. Um, I'm a big fan of Bosch. Uh, waiting for the next season to drop. Um, hopefully it drops uh, sometime soon because <laughs> I'm running out of things to watch, which seems weird. Uh, not really, but things I've... I, I start a lot of things that I don't... You know, if I don't get in... If three episodes don't do me, man, I'm out. Right. Uh, although I, I do like devs. Yeah. And I just started watching uh, the... Um, is Was it The Loop? Under The Loop? The, uh, the the Amazon thing. Oh, yeah. The thing that keeps that's in your face every time you log into Amazon. Yeah, totally. That thing. I think it's under the loop. It's Mark Romanek's project. It's been constantly in my face, and now, of course, it won't show up. I'm too busy seeing an ad for Trolls World Tour. Uh, there's a movie on Prime called Killer Sofa. Uh, dude, I hope it's as awesome as what was the one with the spare tire that was killing everyone? Rubber. Rubber. <laughs> what? What's yes. it? So Killer Sofa came out last year. Oh my gosh, dude. See, this is what one of, this is one of the things that that the independent horror movie genre suffers from and I can't I can't tell you why. This is I mean a common thing, but it is. This movie's an hour and 20 minutes long. Oof. Right? And you know you got those dragged out silver bullet credits in the beginning and at the end where the slow crawl barely moves. <laughs> right, and they're thanking people like the Almighty for putting sand on the planet and things like that. <laughs> right. Here it is. Killer Sofa. When a killer lazy boy chair falls in love with the girl, it's up to a disgraced Jewish rabbi and a couple of brokenhearted detectives to figure out how to stop the bloody carnage that will follow. Jesus Christ, man. That's, that's a throwback to Electric Dreams if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> or it just makes me want to watch Electric Dreams. I'm not sure. Okay. We always talk about uh, werewolf movies and things like that. As I'm looking on, at the Killer Sofa page on Prime, there's also, you, know, you get the recommendations on the bottom. You get one called Clown Town, one called The Boat, pretty cool thumbnails, Animal Among Us. But there's one called The Night of the Were Rooster. Oh, good God. And I'm clicking on it now. Oh, my gosh, this thing's five years old. The <laughs> when family members of missing persons are called to the remote shores of a lake by the mysterious Charlotte Reeves, they find more than they bargained for. Oh, jeez. Something is waiting for them. Something murderous and covered in feathers. Now they are on the run in this tongue-in-beak tongue homage to creature features from years gone by. This is no day at the beach. This is night of the were-rooster. Wow. 56 ratings from IMDb, and it's a 4.4. I sure that's it's pretty high for for something like that. Ooh, ants on a plane. Oh, good god, even better. <laughs> See, you're not a, you're not running out of things to watch. You're just running out of good things to watch. Yeah, totally. Obviously, um, I was gonna say, speaking of werewolf things, uh, right now on Shutter uh, is uh, Bad Moon pops up as soon as I opened my Shutter. It was like recommended for you, <laughs> Bad <laughs> I Moon. I was I like, wonder, oh, I wonder why. Oh. Oh shit! What did I watch last night? Green Hornet. Never seen it. Yeah, neither had I. I'd never seen it before. It wasn't terrible, but it's. Uh, but it was dude, Seth Rogen. 
Yeah, Gondry directed it, dude. Say no more. I I had no idea. I mean, I know I had an idea, but I forgot. I remember when Kevin Smith was supposed to be making that movie. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny until you just said that I would have had no idea that Michael Gondry directed it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny considering how how visual his music videos were. Right. This not this movie is it feels so generic as far even just the visuals. It's generic studio movie anyway. But I had no idea, dude. I had no idea it it was so vanilla. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, there was nothing visual about it. That, I mean, there's some couple of moments where I chuckled at it because I thought it was, it's a 90 minute movie. It can't all be terrible. I mean, it's not great. It's not really even good, but there are moments where you chuckle, but it doesn't mean it's, it's worth anybody's time, but it was weird not seeing, I expected more, you know, I expected a certain level of, of production value. <laughs> it just doesn't exist. Yeah, the trailer never did it for me. I just remember it when it came in. I kind of, I totally, until you said it, I had forgotten that they'd even actually made the movie. I remember there was all the, when there was all the buzz about it getting made and Kevin Smith was attached to it at one point, I think. And then I remember seeing the trailer, but I didn't, I, God, when, what year did that even come out? 2011. Good Lord. Seems longer. Well, the weird thing is, is that, you know, the guy who shot it, John Schwartzman, he's got a great eye and he's done a lot of movies. He's done some, you know, straight ahead schlocky stuff, but dude, he was, he's the DP at Pearl Harbor. So he's got scope in his, you know, in, in his, in his toolbox. I don't know, man, but he did. I mean, dude, he's done, look at, look at his rundown of the last, I don't know, 10 years. I started with the green Hornet, right? The amazing Spider-Man. So that's, that, that was the reboot, but he did saving Mr. Banks, Dracula untold, Jurassic World, The Founder, a couple of the Fifty Shades movies. He did The Book of Henry. I'm gonna say not seen any of them. <laughs> and it's okay, but but what I'm pointing. No, I just mean I don't know. I mean I don't I don't even know his work. And he did Sea Biscuit, so it's it's like I said, he's he, he's he knows how things look visually appealing, but this movie does not. For a movie that's supposed to be a popcorny movie and and, and have a certain visual style, or I don't know, just. It didn't look like you, you make a lot of conceits when you watch a studio movie that's an action movie that costs a hundred million dollars to a certain production value, and it just I didn't think it was there. I think the guy that played Cato was great. I thought he was really good in it, uh, but what are you gonna do? I don't know. I saw I, I double I double featured two Darren Serafian classics last night: uh, Gunman and Death Warrant. Boom, boom. Yeah, man. Uh, Death Warrant is on Tubi. <sighs> death warrant yeah man <laughs> but i say though what you if, if you're if you're familiar with the with, with jean-claude movies like not just but he man there was a there was a period of time where he was doing the nick cage thing man he was putting out a movie constantly there was always something coming out i saw most of those i saw most of the van damme movies from like 2000 to 2009 things like wake of death Replicant, all the ones he made with all those Hong Kong directors like Ringo Lam. Right. And I got to say, I kind of, that's where I kind of learned to appreciate Van Damme because I didn't dig him when I was young. Like, I, they were few and far between. I felt like every movie was just Bloodsport. Like, right. dude, Lionheart, Bloodsport. And, you know, every poster, it, it looked like the same movie over and over. Right. So I didn't, uh, I didn't really embrace him until he started making, like, you know, weirder sort of straight to video movies. <laughs> Like Desert Heat with right. him and Cheech Marin. Was, De- um, was Desert Heat? No, the Legionnaire was the one where he's in the French 
for yeah, Legion. that's Legionnaire. Desert right. Heat was also when they shot it, it was called Inferno, and I remember that's a better that name. that was all dude. They shot most of that out near Sun Valley um, because I know that uh, the production office is now what is, uh, ISS took over that building, but that at the time. That was a God. I forget the name of the. It, was, it wasn't Freeze Entertainment, but it was something like that. But they they made movies like Inferno and Skyscraper, starring uh, Anna Nicole Smith, <laughs> uh, things like that. Th- those those were their production offices um, back in the day in the nineties. Desert Heat or Inferno. Um, that was the one that has. I think there's a there's a scene in it where Van Damme sees through the eyes of a coyote. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Inferno. Inferno. It's actually identified as Inferno. Uh, and oh, wow. It's on, it is on Prime. Yeah, it's on Prime. Wow. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's on IMDb TV. If you, this- haven't, if you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch for a good chuckle. Oh, dude. I had no idea. John Avildsen directed that? Yeah. Weird, wow. right? That was like one of the last ones he did, isn't it? You would think. I mean, it's so weird oh, that no, like, yeah, he oh, made... He, he, only, he only passed away in 2017. It's so weird that he made that movie um, after all of his, you know, Karate Kid and things like that. Wow, dude. Yeah, that was the last feature film he did. Well, watch it, and then we can talk about why. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weirdly, even for like a Van Damme movie, it's like, what the fuck is going on, man? I'm looking at his IMDb credits right now, right? Inferno was the last thing he did. By the way, it says as Danny Mulroon. That's what he was credited as. It wasn't even credited as Avelson. Dude, Bill Conti did the score for uh, Inferno. Wow. But it was weird, though. He There was a, between 1990 and 99, he did Rocky V, The Power of One, Eight Seconds, A Fine and Private Place, and Inferno. But here's what I was just going to mention. The Karate Kid 2. It says announced under director. And when you click on it, it's like... What is this? And I'm looking at it, and it just says, after the sudden death of Dre's old kung fu fighter, Mr. Han, young kung fu champion Dre Parker must learn his dark step stones of how to become a good instructor and teach his old fellow enemies a little more respect. That's the Jaden Smith movie. Yes. So they were bringing Avil, they were trying to bring Avilson back into the fold. For into the Karate Kid. For, for, for like, the second Karate Kid, yes. Which is kind of weird, right? So he's going to, has anybody ever done that before? Directed two part twos of the same franchise. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think anybody's ever done that before. Usually, you don't bring the same people that were involved in the original when you get the reboot series going. Weird. No, it is pretty weird. But he yeah, passed. Man. But he passed away in, in 2017, and I don't know when it was announced. But there you go. Nobody's clamoring for you know Jaden Smith to be back in front of the camera. Who? What? Who? What? Nobody wants yeah, exactly. His, nobody's clamoring for his dad to get back in front of the camera, so go figure. Who? Don't you know John Smith? John Smith. It was one of the pilgrims, right? Yes. Came over on the Mayflower. Yeah. I remember. Brought pox and killed everybody. Yeah, he brought chicken pox and small pox and all the pox. He brought all the pox to the colony. But but not Tupac. No, Tupac <laughs> came, claimed himself, <laughs> cleans some shit up. No, he's not dead, dude. No, he's lived out, he lives in Cuba. Yeah. With Elvis. I know, Elvis passed away. He lives in Cuba with Elvis and Biggie Smalls. And there's going to put out a record, the three of them. Yeah, and Jim Morrison. Oh. I'm just kidding. He's in France. I thought he lived in, I thought, yes, I thought Jim Morrison was holed up in France like Eddie Wilson at the end of Eddie <laughs> the Cruisers 2. <laughs> or the end of Eddie and the Cruisers 1. 
Dude. In the window. Boom. We made two Michael Pere mentions in this episode. Dude, we should just keep making them. Yeah. And we have that plan, by the way. Did we say that before? I think we talked about it. I think we were were super vague, weren't we? We were pretty vague. I don't think we said what. No, no, we we were vague because we said uh, I danced around uh, who the, it was. One of yeah, what one of one of the titles was. Right. I think because of I'm gonna I'm gonna end on this note. I feel like I'm gonna visit maybe a John G. Avildsen movie tonight. Possibly Neighbors. See Neighbors. Gosh darn it! I was talking about that some of the other day, Mike. And people forget about how good Neighbors is. Or I may watch The Formula with Marlon Brando and George C. Scott. Uh, I'll flip a coin. Yeah. I want to watch Lean on Me. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. You should watch that and stand and deliver and then go out and want to, you know, take a nap. Well, you know, after watching a movie about anti-abortion. <laughs> yeah, I think, totally. I, I think I'm going to watch For Keeps, man. Yeah, I see it there. Watch how two families deal with a pregnancy. <laughs> if you want to follow us on social media, follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Cope or the official at Karate Pod or on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Cope. If you'd like to follow Freddie, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter or Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram, or at Rita Coolidge on Letterboxd. I love Rita Coolidge. Oh, wait, not Rita Coolidge. Uh, Tom Cody. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, man. Rita. All right. All right. Later.